Wake up, hockey fans. Happy Monday. Happy Presence Day. It is a Stadium Series hangover episode. I am sick as a dog. This is the Morning Cup of Hockey. Alongside Kobe Cohen, I'm Johnny Lazarus. We got a lot of things to talk about from the NHL over the weekend. We're going to talk about the Stadium Series games at MetLife between the New Jersey Devils, Philadelphia Flyers, New York Rangers, and New York Islanders. It was an awesome, awesome Saturday and Sunday at the Meadowlands. Then we're going to get into Austin Matthews, who has 48 goals now in 52 games. We'll talk about Yaramir Yager's retirement ceremony, and then we'll get into some other topics to round out the show. But before we do any of that, I haven't talked to Kobe in like three or four days. I think it's actually the longest we've gone without talking. Like you were really off your phone this weekend. So what's going on? I have no idea what's going on with you. Well, I talked to Vic a lot. Did you talk to Vic at all throughout those couple of days? No, I didn't talk to either of you guys. Also, happy family day to our listeners up in Canada. Didn't know. It's it's almost like we both just intentionally didn't speak to you for a couple of days. Is that what it was? We were kind of wondering if you would even notice because you were flying around New York City doing your your outdoor game, your hockey, your your UMass game, then your then the outdoor games. Now you're telling us you're sick. You've got some other funny stories from this weekend <laughs> that we obviously can't talk about on the air, even though you probably probably can talk about it on the air, but we'll spare the listeners um just in case Karen is watching. We don't want her to hear that story. Um <laughs> But I thought it, I thought it was a good weekend for hockey. I did. I thought there was a lot of good uh, good NHL games. A lot of things going on in the NHL between the outdoor games, um, between Austin Matthews, the Yarmir Yager stuff was amazing. Um, that was some of my favorite parts of the weekend. There was some good college stuff going on. Um, so we're we're getting close. I mean, we're we're in this kind of final push. Well, not final push, but let's call it the beginning of the push towards the playoffs in the NHL and um, things are heating up. So there should be good things to talk about here over the next couple of weeks for sure. As we start to edge closer to the trade deadline, especially. Yeah. I mean, there's so much coming up just like in the world in general. I feel like the time from like after the Super Bowl up until trade deadline, March madness is just like that weird, you know, five, six weeks, five, six week window of the sports world. But then, like, once we hit trade deadline, March Madness, the next, like, you know, three months is just the best time of year. Like, that is my favorite time when, you know, spring is right here. The weather's nice in New York. The playoffs are going on. Like, I am just itching for that time of the year to come. And it's not too far away. We're probably like a month out from it. So, okay. Um, what? Well, no, I said, okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I think uh, I, I, but so I, I want to start today's show by, Asking you, Johnny, what tell us about the 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 outdoor game yesterday. We know you're dying to talk about it. You're tweeting at me about how um you're gonna be crying today and you were putting on your social media channels about how proud of yourself you were about a question you asked in a press conference. I mean, I gotta tell you, man, you're like a golden retriever. You really are. Your tail's never not wagging, you're never not happy. No matter how much we give you a hard time, you just come back for more. Um, you, <laughs> well, the, the I do want to start with one this, thing, though. The more we do this, the more I realize you're you're just a human golden retriever. Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. But I, I want to rewind back to to Thursday. I thought your tweet was so funny when I did the uh, the skate at MetLife with the creators, and you were like, "How are there no collisions? Everyone's just on their phone on the ice." I thought that I mean, was I'm watching. So funny. I'm watching you skate around the ice. Um. 
And I'm like, every guy on the ice has their phone out with their selfie sticks and God knows what else. And I'm sitting there thinking like, someone's going to run someone over. Uh, And obviously there's varying degrees of skill out there. Um, You know, lots of guys who can do trick shots, but who knows how many guys with any actual hockey sense out on the ice. So it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me that we don't have more injuries coming from those creator skates. I was actually giving our, our good friend Ardo Cal a little bit of shit because Ardo hopped out on the ice and he was doing like a, a TikTok live on the NHL on ESPN for like the first 15 minutes of the skate. Like, you know, I was wheeling around and every time I looked over at Ardo, he's just like talking into his phone. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, see, like, I could never do that. That is like embarrassing. <laughs> no, nah, he, but that's, that's, he's the host. That's what he does. Oh, I like, get it. Yeah. You did, <clears throat> you did post some footage from that on your, was that on your Twitter or just your Instagram? Did you put that on Twitter too? I put that every channel. Okay. So <laughs> who was the goalie who was in the skate with you guys? Um, because you, you were obviously posting the, the goal that you scored and you're, I'm sure proud of it. His name's Colby. I met him at the skate. Uh, he's good friends with um, my friend, Alex wall, who's a photographer as well. They were both out there. They were, so what was it? Flyers. It was like media and creators who were on the ice. Yeah. And they had basically any creator in the area that like represented all four teams. So there were people that represented the Rangers, represented the Flyers, the Devils, the Islanders, like basically anyone around, you know, this area that wanted to come out and skate and, and you know, post about and it. Did and they, did they give yeah. you the Jersey and the jacket? The jacket I already had the Jersey they gave me, but it was a blank Jersey. Most people got their names on the back, but I, I didn't get my name in the back. For Why? This. I, got, I got it at all-star weekend. Uh, cause I wasn't really like invited to this skate originally. You just but, invited your way in Well, after meeting Neil Tennant at all-star weekend, who, you know, runs basically all these skates for the NHL. I told him I'd be in the area and he said, you know, please come down. Like, we'd love to have you, but like it wasn't enough advanced to make a Jersey. Look at that skill play right there. We're, we're yeah. showing a video of Johnny's, uh, highlight real breakaway goal. He scored out on the ice. How was the ice, Johnny? Was it pretty good? Like, could you tell the di- di- now? Hold on a sec before you uh-huh. answer this question. Okay, mm-hmm. you're not. This is this is. You can be honest. You don't have to do your normal sunshine and rainbows if you don't feel like it. So, people who are listening don't get to skate on these outdoor NHL mm-hmm. rinks like you do every single time. So, give them an honest, you know, recount. How how was the ice? Was it legit? I am going to be fully honest and say that was the best outdoor ice I've ever skated on. And I think the players would tell you the same thing. Like I stepped out there and it, it didn't feel too soft. It didn't feel too hard. Um, the puck, you know, was able to settle down pretty easily again though. Like, you know, it was a one hour skate on what was a pretty fresh sheet. Like it didn't really get chopped up much because there wasn't that many people. Well, out it's there. actually usually when it's really fresh is when it gets a little more brittle. So um, and a little more chopped up. You got to skate on ice to give it an opportunity to set. Cause you know, players in the NA, like NHL mm-hmm. ice is only maybe at the most two inches thick. It's but not, this was real. also, this was before all the teams practice before the devil's flyers game before. Yeah. Know, so, so you guys were probably the time it the got to Sunday. Yeah. yeah. By the time it got to Sunday, I don't know what it could have been like. Well, I think the more ice usually gets skated on, the better it is because you have more opportunities to cut and flood. I don't know if people realize this, but when a Zamboni goes out on the ice, there's sharp blades on the Zamboni. It's not necessarily just laying water. It's actually cutting top layer of the ice and then relaying more water to keep it smooth, keep it flat and make it freeze. 
Um, I think that's why a lot of people call it a cut instead of a flood because it's actually both when you do a Zamboni. So, well, that's good to hear. I mean, that's cool that you got to skate on that ice. Um, you know, I, I got to skate on a winter classic ice at Fenway all those years ago. Cause we played in that game. So, um, I, it, the NHL does a phenomenal job. You know, they've got it down to a science, making sure that the ice is good, but look, mother nature, um, I'll always has a little bit of a say in it. So let's, let's talk about the games a little bit. Um, yeah. because look, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the flyers devils game was average. And I'm sort of thinking during the flyers devils game, like, they maybe are overdoing this whole outdoor game. Really? Um, during that game, I was kind of like, yeah, like this is cool, but like, and yeah, it's got this like New Jersey flavor to it, but I just wasn't, the game itself didn't feel like a big game and it's only two points. Um, you know, the devils get on the board early with, with kind of uncharacteristic flyers mistakes. Like the flyers maybe were a little too jacked up you know, they let, a, they let Nico Heischer, I think it was, get in behind him 15 mm -hmm. or 20 seconds or 30 seconds into the game. Um, and then they were kind of just chasing the game from there. I mean, the Flyers are never out of it. I think we know that about them. Um, they, they, they've been a team that can come back pretty frequently, but it was just kind of all devils all, all, all night in that game, and the Flyers never got a chance to come out. My favorite part of that first game, Johnny, and and I'm sh I, I bet you you're going to agree with me on this because Jonas, this the Jonas right Brothers, your alley. No, <laughs> not the Jonas Brothers. Um, I honestly, I I feel like the NHL is horrible at picking entertainment. Well, they're they're from Jersey, so that's I get it. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying every major event the NHL has, they pick the weirdest entertainment. Like again, maybe they know something about their target demo that I don't know, mm -hmm. and I'll give them that, but like their entertainment to me always falls flat. My favorite part, the Flyers with the rocky entrance mm -hmm. with the sweatsuits. I thought that was as good as we've seen at a winter classic. I think it rivaled how when the Bruins came in with the old classic Red Sox uniforms one or two years ago. I don't remember exactly when that was. I think that was last year. Or yeah, that was last, last year. year. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was unreal. I thought that was so cool. I thought the Devils with their velour suits um was was pretty cool um as well. I don't think it was as well as as cool as the Rocky situation. I mean, they got the towels and they've all got the hand wraps on. You know, if you remember the iconic scenes where he was running around South Philadelphia um, training for, for his boxing in those outfits, um, I just to me, that was such a cool, clever, unique way to pay respect to the city of Philly and, and a legendary movie that everybody can identify with. So that, that was my favorite part of that game. I figure you love the outfits and, and this and that, which we're going to get to more later because there was also a major fuck up with that whole thing in, in yesterday's game that just annoys the yeah. hell out of me. But what, what did you well, think well, of, of Philly and Jersey? I mean, I thought it was perfect. I, I thought the fact that they did the games, devils, flyers, Rangers, Islanders was so perfect for the way that the weekend went, because if it was devils Rangers, it would have been, uh, you know, obviously that's the best rivalry I think in the four, just because of last year's playoff round. But giving New Jersey like their night on Saturday and then catering to the Jets Giants thing on Sunday. Which well, it New was York in New, New Jersey. Let's be clear. No, that I know. The stadium is in New Jersey. But again, like 
if you really bought into the rivalry aspect, Rangers Devils probably would have made, even though knowing what we know now, the Islander Rangers game was amazing, but Devils Rangers probably would have made for the best, you know, heated game of the four teams matching up, I, I would think. Um, but, you know, having that jersey are night. Are those games really heated anymore? They are. They are. Yeah. They are. Especially after last year. Yeah, they are for sure. And they're playing each other actually on Thursday this week. So that'll be a pretty fun one. But, you know, I, I think just separating the two nights, um, you know, having Marty Brodeur drop the puck on Saturday night, you know, really giving it the Jersey feel Nathan Bastion doing the, the Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlet, Selly, um, you know, the Sopranos stuff. I, I just thought it was unbelievable for the people in New Jersey for Philly people. I can't really speak to it because I don't, I, I didn't see much. Well, listen, of a Philly, lot of my, a lot of my, um, my flyers, warriors players, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're a team of vets. They rented an RV. They came up together. Um, they, they tailgated all day. Um, so they made it, they made a whole thing of it. Their a lot of their families went, I think the flyers were well represented at that game. I mean, look, I, I will agree with you on that, Johnny, because I think the stadium series is just kind of usually, eh, but I think this weekend having it in one location and having it be this like metropolitan turnpike, everybody kind of right off mm -hmm. 95 situation, um, you know, the PA turnpike right into the Jersey turnpike right, right up, you know, 95. I did think that they got that right. I think in years past when they've got a stadium series game at, you know, air force and one in North Carolina or something like that. Like, it's just kind of like, Oh, we got one this weekend. Now there's one in three weekends. Yeah. Like, I think the NHL could probably try to use this model and make it a little more of a regional, um, you know, a, a regional rivalry weekend, because I think that's one of the issues I have with some of these outdoor games is that, and again, as long as you're selling 75,000 plus tickets, it's, it's working. It's just, it's working. Because well, did you see my tweet last night? Yeah. I saw your attendance tweet. You're not your, no, 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 no. I, I tweeted last night. It was late when I got home. I said, you know, maybe I'm just like on a high right now, but what if the NHL did this every year as like their version of the bean pot, like these four teams in a close vicinity. Yeah. You know, I don't one, know about in that. one weekend. I, I, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think you have to, there's no trophies during the season. The bean, what the bean, well, pot there's is, all this in season tournament talk with the NBA. It, and, listen, and, you're and talking then, about I mean, the bean pot and you're talking about, first of all, the only people talking about in season tournaments are people like, in the media, not the league. Yeah. The league doesn't yeah. even consider to no, take Gary, it. Gary shut that down quick. Gary shut that down. So quick. let's, let's be clear about that. The yeah. bean pot is different. These schools are all within five minutes of each other. Okay. But again, you don't have to listen. I'm already agreeing with you. All right. I'm, I'm just already agreeing with the fact <laughs> that you can put this somewhere geographically, you know, fun or, or, you know, keep that rivalry tight. But again, other than this area, this doesn't really like having four teams this close, basically within like 40 minutes of each other. I mean, mm -hmm. you can make an argument that Flyers fans go all the way to central Jersey and in central Jersey, they switch over to devil's Rangers. Right. So that's, you know, from, from Philly to central Jersey, you're talking about like 45 minutes, right? Yeah. 50 minutes. And then from central Jersey to long Island, another 45, 50 minutes. So it's hard to find a location in the NHL where it's this dense to be able to do that. But again, even I thought Philly to Long Island like two hours. What? Even Philly to Long Island is like two hours. I, I, I understand that, but I'm just saying that the 45, 50 minute point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you to take this one, take the win here. Johnny. 
take, take the win here. Okay. Take the win. But let, let's, let's talk about the game a little bit. Okay. Um, as far as that, that game ends for the flyers and the devils, because look, the devils needed that two points. Like that was a big two points for them. That's a four point swing divisional game. They seem like Nico Dawes is calming that net down. I'll believe that when I see that over the course of six weeks. Okay. Because I still think that Fitzgerald is, is, is in the market for a goaltender. I don't think he's sitting pat um, with Nico Dawes as their number one goaltender. But I got to say like Luke, Luke Hughes and Jack Hughes on the power play together. Like that, that's going to be a dangerous duo here for a long time. They both play up top one in the middle, one off to the flank there. That's it's, it's a fun group to watch. I mean, they are as electric as it gets. I think when it comes to offense, their biggest issue, like you said, has been keeping the puck out of their own net. I mean, they haven't been able to find any consistent goaltending and they've been pretty outspoken about it. But, you know, speaking of Nico Dawes, his last four starts, He's three one and zero with a point nine four two save percentage and a two point zero two goals against average. I mean, but how many you know, times do we see? How many times do we see backup goalies come in and have a, a, a two week stretch and then all of a sudden it falls off a cliff? So there's a reason there's only a dozen true number ones in the NHL because it is so hard to be able to physically and mentally sustain that level in that position as long as you need to do it. So mm-hmm. look, that game to me. Pre-game gets an A. The hockey game, I'll give it a B minus. Um, the spectacle of it, it just it didn't it didn't do it for me. It didn't. Now let's go to yesterday. I think yeah. yesterday was was a whole different story, and I'll say why. Because that was the first outdoor game we've seen in a while that had an unbelievable finish. It had an unbelievable comeback. It had an unbelievable finish. The Rangers are down four to one in that game. You just assume it's over. Okay. And then all of a sudden they come storming back and storming back and they're down two. they pull the goalie, they get the empty, you know, the extra, the extra attacker, they get that goal Kreider, I believe with the tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lafreniere draws that penalty. Unlucky. I mean, unlucky for Pollock. I think it was Pollock or was it Mayfield? No, it was Mayfield. His third penalty of the game. Mayfield. But unlucky penalty, right? I mean, yeah. I watched the replay of it. He's, he's really just got a good stick. And, you know, I think Lafreniere kind of steps on his stick a little bit. It's still a tripping penalty. That's still yeah. going to get called yeah. every time, but it's unlucky. And then Fox just makes such an incredible play to draw everybody to him. Um, and, and like just puts one on a T for Zabinijad. I mean, Adam Fox was pretty brilliant yesterday, the way that he played. I mean, he he really controlled that game the second half on their comeback defensively. I would say that he kind of outdueled Noah Dobson um, in that game. So, you know, that was a great game, Johnny. And I, I feel like you probably have some thoughts on the game itself or, or maybe more of the spectacle because you were there in the building. Mm-hmm. But let me just ask you this question. All right. Yeah. The, the the Rangers come in representing the NYPD, the fire, you know, um, the, the, the NYFD, the NYPD, like they're wearing the, the, the fire jerseys, the police jerseys. Listen, this is they're talking about New York, right? There's no bigger group of heroes in New York than the police and the firefighters. I mean, what those guys did, whether it was 9-11, whether it was different. I mean, these are true heroes, right? Like 
we use the term hero in the worst way these days for the most ridiculous things. But those people are true heroes. So kudos to the Rangers for representing those heroes on the biggest stage on ABC national TV. Here come the New York Islanders in their suits and ties. Holy fuck, Lou Lamarillo. Like, at what point are you going to realize that, like, you need to stop it with the nonsense, all right? How are you going to have the only outdoor team in the last few years to not do something fun and representative of Long Island, New York? I don't know. Maybe they would have dressed up as bagels. Something, right? <laughs> like, give me something. It's just, man, that guy sucks the yeah, life out of everything. He sucks the life out of everything. The only thing I think Lou Lamarillo has done a good job at in the last number of years is hire Patrick Waugh. Other than that, every time we talk about Lou Lamarillo, it's like, what? Come on. And, and the guy's a legend. He has. He's been around the game forever. But yesterday was a good example of why it's time for him to go. All right. It was t- it's time for him to go because because it was embarrassing after the New York Rangers hit a home run representing the NYPD and the fire department. And then here comes the Islanders. Well, the Islanders did have the police escort and they did involve the the firemen and the cops. They just didn't wear the outfits or the jerseys, you know. Um, but again, like I, I don't think anyone is on the side of like, oh, good call by Lou, like make it all business. This is a hockey game. You know, everyone is on your side with that argument. I'm I'm actually curious if you had that big old joke lined up or if that just no, just now. No, it just, just came to your head. Long Island, you know, is yeah, just, I don't know. You get a great bagel in Long Island. That was good. That was good. But again, like, you know, these things are about the spectacle. I think it's actually more about what it is in the community than it is about the actual game. Like it's, it's all about growing the game. We've seen, but it know, is this, still two points, Johnny. These yes. Obviously points. Obviously, it a is. Hockey game. obviously it is. But when you think about it, like when you come, I've, the game itself will be something that we remember for a long time because it was incredible. But when the players think back to it, especially the Devils Flyers, because their game wasn't as tight as this one was, you're thinking about everything that goes into it. You're thinking about coming up with the idea to walk into the stadium. You're thinking about the fans outside, the fans after the game and playing in front of, you know, 80,000 people. Like that's really what you're going to remember. It's not going to be, you know, the assist Fox had is, is going to stick with your memory the rest of your life. You know, it's, it's about those little things. And I actually yeah. had a friend, John Peretta, who plays for the FDMY team that was, you know, with Artemi Panarin walking in and like, you know, you could sense that it was the coolest thing he's ever experienced too. Like being on that fire truck those, with the Rangers, those guys, know? man, those NYPD guys, those fire department guys in New York, they, they are, they should be involved in anything and everything they ever want to do. Yeah. Um, that game they do at Madison Square Garden is one of the coolest things ever. This is year um, 50 of it, too. It, it's this unbelievable. Year. Like, y- you know, I mean, uh, you just can't say enough about about what those people do. So the, the last question that I want to ask you about this. I haven't even gotten into the game yet, really. It's it's a hockey yeah. question. Okay. Is Igor Shesterkin the number one goalie for the New York Rangers? Because I got to tell you something. They win that game, but. He he didn't he didn't make any saves. He didn't he didn't steal any. Mm-hmm. I mean they 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 need to go to overtime. He couple sh- a couple of the goals that the Islanders scored, yeah, they're pretty plays, but they hit him. If he gets a piece of the puck, he's got to keep it out of the net. So, well, you know, that that wasn't a pretty showing by Shesterkin. Okay, so I I agree in the first period. I think after the first period, the rest of the game he was as good as he could be. 
you know, the second period, the, the first goal that scored, it's a tough deflection. The goal in the third period, Ryan Lingren catches a high stick. He's down. He's hurt. Romanov is wide open in the back door for a tap in while Lingren's in the corner covering up his face because he just got hit and he's gas. He's always got a problem. Lingering. No, but that like you can't blame you Shesterkin Shesterkin for that goal. It's a yeah, wide okay, open that one. Happened. But again, like I still think Shesterkin, as much as he, you know, didn't keep them in the game early, he kept them in the game late. He made so many big saves in the second period where the Islanders could have really ran away with the game. Like had the Islanders got, got a six, three lead, a seventh, you know, had they put up more and more goals, this game is obviously out of hand, but Shesterkin made a lot of timely saves to keep the Rangers in the game, at least for the second half. You know, I, I think you can agree with that one. Um, but again, like Jonathan Quick wasn't so good against Montreal on Thursday. Uh, you know, he let up what I think four goals against the Canadians. And, you know, this was Shesterkin's that because he had a shutout the, the previous game before that. And again, like it's the Shesterkin versus Sorokin matchup. Like it's what everyone wanted to see. Neither goalie stood on their head. And, you know, going forward, did see, it's gonna, what did, did you see Mark Messier and Mike Keenan do the pregame yeah. convert, like speech and lineups for, uh, for New York? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Do you know who Mike, Keenan, awesome. do you know who Mike Keenan is? Yes. He was the head coach of the Rangers in 1994. Yes. Okay. I just, Why? I know you're, you're, you're very young. There's, there's a lot of history you don't know. So I just want to make sure. Well, what made you bring that up? Well, I was just wondering if you saw yeah. that and what you thought of it. Honestly, I thought it was I was, awesome. I, thought I was it, honestly, I'll be honest. I was kind of getting tired of listening to you talk about the game. So I just figured I needed to get you a different question. Well, I actually wanted to rewind because I think even just the pregame, like Matt Rempe, this kid had a rookie lap uh, last week and didn't play in that game. So he did his rookie lap and didn't play. Then he gets another rookie lap and plays in his first NHL game. He gets in his first NHL fight in his first shift, literally within a second of his first shift in the NHL. He fights Matt Martin, does a great job. I mean, what an experience for that kid. He's six foot eight. He's a monster to have his NHL debut in an outdoor game in front of 80,000 people was unbelievable. He was so awesome about it after the game. He couldn't stop smiling. Um, you know, I talked to him about that moment and he said like how crazy it is to have, you know, not only two rookie laps, but two opposite rookie laps where he touches the puck, he messes around in the first one and then doesn't play. And then this one, the ice crew is still on the ice trying to figure out everything going on. And he's wheeling around with no pucks. Um, so just a really unique experience for him, but you know, just, just going back to the game in general, I, I think the Ranger fans yesterday were, were unbelievable. Uh, even in the pregame, you know, you go to MetLife stadium, there's Bruce Springsteen blasting in the parking lot, which was like awesome for me. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Obviously he's a Jersey guy and hearing all that music in the pregame was really cool. The Islander fans, the Ranger fans were all tailgating from like 9am till puck drop. Then, you know, the comeback itself and, the Ranger fans were so loud. Like I was in the press box. It was closed off. It was inside. So you couldn't really hear a lot during the game, which was very annoying for me. I was actually really frustrated that I was like working the game yesterday because I wanted to be a part of it and be in the mix because those experiences are so few and far between. But when that was called a good goal in overtime, I'm telling you, I thought the windows in the press box were going to blow off. It was so loud in there. It was something I've never really experienced before. And, you know, after the game, you can tell how appreciative the players were and, even Peter Laviolette and everybody, it was just like, it, it was, it was, you're going to call me cheesy, but it was magic, man. Like it, it just felt, uh, you know, like something different. It, it felt like a playoff game. I know Rick Carpinello, former Rangers writer, got a lot of shit because he said for the Rangers, this is game 55 for the Islanders. This is game seven, you know, kind of giving a chirp of how important this game is for the Islanders and how, you know, they had that little brother complex compared to the Rangers, which I, I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, 
you know, I haven't seen either team win a Stanley Cup in my lifetime, so it's hard to really debate that. But, um, you know, obviously that got a lot of Islander fans fired up. And I think, you know, the Rangers with how they responded to the game, it was it was a game seven for both teams. You know, it was the first time those teams have met in over. Well, a year. I don't, I do, I don't no, agree with was, you on there. I mean, it was the on. first time, first time both teams have met. Fifty let games me, into the finish, season, finish, they're not saying this was a game seven for these. Let me finish. Teams. Come on, let me finish. let me finish. It was the first time both teams have met in over a year, and let me tell you this, because I have never bitten my tongue as quickly as I did last night when Peter Laviolette pulled Shesterkin on the power play with about five minutes left to give the Rangers a five on three as opposed to a four on three. I was sitting there like, what, what is this decision? Like, I don't think they need to do this. They have a four on three. They have one of the best power plays in the NHL. I know it's been cold now, but you're giving the Islanders a free shot at going for the empty net shorthanded. Like, but again, yeah, but, but hold on. Well, hold on. Everybody goes to the empty net five on five now too. So you're, you, the, the game's changed. When, when analytics came into the game, everybody goes for the empty net. So pulling your goalie to give you a five on three gives you more opportunity to recover a loose puck. Well, that's why I'm regretting my, my, well, I mean, I'm just saying that's why you need to watch an NHL coach do his job. And instead of second guessing them, you should second guess why you don't agree with them. (laughs) There's a reason these guys make five to $10 million a year to coach. Um, I mean, come on, like, no, that was a smart move. I understood it right away and said, this is the right move. Also, I found out after the game that the Islanders hadn't scored an empty net goal all year. I don't know if that played into the decision, but I'm sure, you know, the analytics or the stats or whatever, I'm sure affected that a little bit. But yeah, I was thinking to myself, I was like, four on three is enough of an advantage, I think, for the Rangers right now to, to score a goal here. And uh, yeah, I, I quickly bit my tongue on that one because they scored two power play goals. One was a six on four with the goalie pulled, Crowder's deflection. And then, you know, like we mentioned already, that pass from Fox was... Insane. It was great. Um, All right. So look, let's, let's yeah. put a, let's put a bow on this here. Yep, yep, um, yep. So we know for you, this was the Stanley cup. I think for yeah. everybody else, it was a good, it was a good hockey game. Um, just having that type of finish, I think was great. I think as the game runs late, it's on ABC. So people are just going to ABC anyway. They might not even be hockey fans. The last four or five minutes of the game was great. Great representation of what hockey can be. Um, big win for the Rangers, big win for the Devils. Everybody did a good job being creative and playing into it, except for the Islanders. I, I you know, <laughs> again, Blue just has to suck the fun out of everybody. Biz is back taking shots at the Islanders fan base and Lou Lamarillo, which I think is great and it's hysterical. I love watching the Islanders fans fight with Biz, especially um, um, who's Brendan Burke's partner. Oh, Butch Goring. I think that's, yeah. it's just funny. I think it's good for the game. I don't think biz is actually serious. So I think no. he's just staring it up. So um, all in all good weekend. We'll see what happens with the outdoor game um, next year, where they're going to be. Well, actually we know that they're going to, it's going to be at Ohio state. We'll, yeah. we'll see how that goes. It'll be a hundred thousand plus people. Um, but that's it for outdoor hockey this season. Now, now we, we think about trade deadline and playoffs, but um, yep. So anyways, Austin Matthews, it's, it's hard not to talk about Austin Matthews right now. Just the way that this guy's playing back to back hat tricks, 48 and 52. If he keeps going, he's on pace for 75. Um, I mean, a lot of people are starting to wonder if, if he should be in, in, in the heart trophy conversation. Um, you know, his, his, his goals are just, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's pulling away here. I mean, he, his, his scoring pace is insane. 
to have back-to-back hat tricks. Um, you know, he scored like 25% of the Toronto Maple Leafs goals this season, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, and he- here's another stat just to give you an idea. He he tied Claude Giroux in goals, career goals, 347 in 618 less games. Okay. Claude Giroux is, you know, a, a, I think a lot of people would argue he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I think no. pe- pe- people would argue that. I'm not you saying he's so? a first ballot slam dunk, but I think people would argue that. I mean, look at his numbers. Played over a thousand games. He's he's put up major, major numbers in the NHL for a long time. Yeah, he hasn't won a cup, but there are guys who get into the who who get in that that have not won a cup. So um, you know, Matthews has just gone to another level. The way he releases the puck, the way he's able to kind of just, you know, dis- deceive defensemen, find little bits of space. You know he's gonna curl and drag, but you still can't stop it. I mean, he did it to Travis Sanheim the other day, who's having a great season um on his third goal against the Flyers, where he gets that puck in the slot and Sanheim is kind of right there with his stick, but he just finds a way and his release, it's it's he just disguises it so well. Goaltenders, you know, he doesn't score bar down every shot. He he picks every part of the net. He's super unpredictable about where he's gonna shoot. Um, and his goal scoring's just gone to another level. I I would say he should be in the race for MVP. Um, you know, I I don't think that's anything that's too far fetched. I know what Kutrev has 94 points, but Kinnan has 91. I mean, Matthews doesn't have the assist to really back it up. Uh, he's got 23 assists, 48 goals. He's a Cy Young is, guy. He's a Cy yeah, Young which, guy. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, but I, you know, if, if he keeps going, like I, I would pick him to, to maybe win the heart. But again, like I, I think he's got to be in the conversation. And I think a yeah. lot of it's going to have to do look for me personally, when it comes to the heart trophy conversation, I want to know a guy is playing like the best player in the NHL and dragging his team into a good playoff spot. Look, do the Leafs look like a playoff team? Yeah. Especially over the last couple of games without a bunch of their top end players. Um, but they've been a shit show all year. They really yeah. have. And we can't just go by what Matthews has done the last two games, even though it's, it's crazy to watch a guy go get back to back hat tricks. Maybe he'll get another one when you're feeling it. You're feeling it. I mean, I'd be heavy betting that guy to score, um, you know, in, in the next game. And, and I mean, basically the Toronto Maple Leafs become the Ottawa senators. If they don't have Austin Matthews, it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it, it probably would be what they are right now. But let me ask you a question, Johnny, mm-hmm. that you haven't seen this yet. And this is purposeful. Okay. The athletic does this pool, this, this poll every year where they pull players and they ask them what's the best place to play in the league. Who's the best player in the league. And it's all anonymous voting by the players. So I want you to look at what the results turned up this year um, for 181 anonymous players voted. Who is the best player in the league? And Austin Matthews is not even in the top five on this list. You've got McDavid, McKinnon, Kucherov, Crosby, and McCarr. Now, I'm going to read the percentages for all of you who are audio only on this show. McDavid got 69.1% of the vote. McKinnon, 16%. Kucherov, 7.2%. Crosby, 1.7%. And Kale McCarr, 1.7%. So let me ask you a question. His peers do not even think he's a top five player in the NHL. 
and it's not even close. Okay. Where do you put him, Johnny? I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm changing up this top five, to be honest. Um, I don't think he belongs in there over somebody else. Do you? Well, look, here's what I will say. I think there's a little bit of bias with Sidney Crosby because of how long he's done it for. And yeah, he's having a great season. Is he a top five player in the league right now, Crosby? I'm not sure, to be honest. I- I'm really not sure. He's, you know, you could put him in, you could take him out. For me, the biggest difference that I would have is Kale McCarr would be number two here, not Nathan McKinnon. Like, I think Kale McCarr is the second best player in the NHL behind Connor McDavid. Well, it was, I, I, really I thought did. it was toughest to defend. Was that not the question? Who is the best player in the league? Can okay. you, you can okay. read, right? Yeah, yeah, I can read. But I, thought that's you what, that you, I thought that's Didn't originally they? what we said, though. I thought that, that was the original question. That was um, not the original question. I don't know where, where your head's at today, but the, the, I, I literally read it verbatim. I told, like sick a, I told you I'm sick as a dog, but uh, I'd also, I, I think Pasternak's name should be in there, too. No, like David Pasternak. Over who? No, I'm saying with the math, I think Pasternak. You can only pick five players, Johnny. Not everybody can be a top five player in the NHL. But I'm saying I think to me, Pasternak and Matthews are on the same level. Well, neither of them are in there voted by their peers. Yeah. Yeah. This is voted Um, on by NHL players who play against these players every night. I do think we should listen to that. I really do. Like. I know we as media know better than the players who actually put their equipment on every night. But I think in this case, we should probably listen to the players. So are you telling me that Austin Matthews doesn't belong there? Cause I don't think he does. It doesn't look like it. I yeah. the only argument that I could make would be, I would put him in there over Crosby because I think Crosby is a more complete player, but I do think that that Austin Matthews is the most lethal goal scorer in the NHL. I don't think you can even argue that anymore. I really don't. I think Pasta's right behind him, but I think Matthews is the most lethal goal scorer in the NHL. I think Matthews has an, a chance, a chance to go catch Ovechkin and Gretzky because he's yeah. on pace for it right now. Okay. 100%. He's on pace for it. I think with Austin Matthews, I think people want to see more complete hockey. I think that's the reality. I think some of the players on that league are known to defend harder kill more penalty, just a little bit, a little bit more yeah. well-rounded, well-rounded. But yeah. Nobody can score like Austin Matthews at will from anywhere on the ice with any type of shot. It's not just the wrister. He'll score on a one time or score on a breakaway. His hands on top of the crease are insane. So we got to pay this guy his dues um, mm-hmm. and into what he's done. Now, did you, the, did you think I was going to say Austin Matthews should be in there? Um, no, I thought you would have had a strong opinion about Kale McCarr. I think you usually do. I thought you would have been more on my page of thinking Kale McCarr is the second best player in the NHL. I think Kale's Um, third. I think it's, I think it's McDavid McKinnon Kale. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that that's, that's a reasonable thought. I I don't, I disagree, but it's reasonable. Um, We usually do, but But also interesting. You know, what's interesting actually about that list. I think before the season, people wouldn't have had Kucherov in there in the top five. Really? I disagree yeah. with you. Did you hear what they said at the, all? let me ask you a question. Did yeah. you see what all the players said? At I did. The game? I did. They all did. said saying- their favorite player to watch. And the best player is Kucherov. The only guy that didn't say but, that was McDavid. Everybody else you, said that. Do you think they would have said that before the season? He's had an unbelievable year where you look at, let's I mean, say dude, he's been unbelievable every year for how many years? Yes. My answer is unequivocally. Yes. Yes. 
Nikita Kucherov has been a top five player in the NHL for years now. And I don't even think that I, I'll argue that day in and day out. I'm trying to think of our, we did like an NHL fantasy draft, uh, you know, with a lot of people that covered the, the league earlier this year. And I don't think Kucherov was picked in the top five. I think it was McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr, Pasternak, and then Matthews. I think Matthews was five. Well, listen, for fantasy, Matthews. Yeah, I guess it's, it's obviously different. Yeah, You're, it's, it's going to get you goals. But we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about the players. This is what the players said. Okay. What the players said. So mm-hmm. interesting, nonetheless, because we're talking about the heart. We're always talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are they for real? Are they not for real? Look, what's happened in the last couple of days, or let's say the last week, or with the Toronto Maple Leafs? And, and I want to revisit something that I saw on social media after the Ridley Gregg and Morgan Riley incident. I want to revisit it. So, Vic, why don't you tee this up? Oh, this God. is a picture of Ridley Gregg about to take a slap shot into the open net. We all know what transpired after this. We talked about it until we were blue in the face. But look at what my partner said. The Sens are so fucking back, okay? (laughs) Then he went on one of his dumb tirades about how the Ottawa Senators are still in it. They're going to make the playoffs. So so what what have the Ottawa Senators done since this whole incident? (laughs) Let's, Let's think about what the Ottawa Senators have done versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are 3-0, and 17 goals, 4-6 against. They've played some of their best defensive hockey that they've played all season without Morgan Riley. And look, they're 17-2-1 without Morgan Riley over the last couple of seasons. So Trade we're going to have to debate <laughs> that. They're also 6-0-0 without John Tavares over the past three seasons in the lineup. Let's save that for the end of this conversation. Look how mm-hmm. the Senators have been. Since the Ridley Gregg episode, they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. And they lost to the Anaheim Ducks. Okay. So let's just say bad take for you, pal, because well, you know, it's funny. You, you thought they were so back and this has led to a downward spiral. Okay. For the senators. Well, let's rewind because I think we were talking about it prior to our show on Thursday and our producer Vic, we, we were saying like, Look at the Sens' upcoming schedule. They have three games at hand. They're only 16 points back. You they're said playing, this. They're playing you the Ducks. This. No, even Vic agreed, too. They're playing the Ducks, the Blackhawks. never agrees with you. Never. No, but then, Kobe, Kobe, you stepped in, and you're like, why are we automatically assuming that other teams are going to lose their games, too? Like, you were, you just kind of shit on both of us. But me and Vic were, like, convinced, all right, they're winning their next three games. In with this. Vic is no, usually he, texting me on the side that he thinks you're an idiot, okay? I know he's off camera right now laughing at himself because he he knows that I am right about this because we talked about it. We joked about it. But, yeah. the Also, just, like, my favorite joke now, like, just saying the sends are back every time they do something good. It's just, it's just fun. I, I enjoy well, it. Well, I mean, you bet your life them for them to make the playoffs. So, yeah. so yeah. Let's hit the let's hit the Riley and Tavares records. Uh-huh. That's look. Sometimes to me, when when you're missing a top player, team everybody gets jacked up. They play harder. Guys are getting more minutes, more opportunity, and so you can sustain it for for like a game or two. Seventeen two and one without Morgan Riley over the last couple of seasons is crazy to me because honestly, I'm a big Morgan Riley fan. He's been a leaf for since 2012, I believe. He's really after it took him a couple of years to to become a full rounded defenseman, and and to me, he's a gamer. He steps up in the playoffs, plays well. He's one of the only guys who's done it. 
He brings it every night. He's a point producer. He's a plus player. He's a leader. Love what he did with get with Ridley Gregg. We've already talked about it. Um, that's crazy to me. 17, two and one. That's not five games, Johnny. That's 20 games. And that's the record. That's insane. Are we creating a narrative right now? I don't know. I, I think <laughs> it's already out there. I don't think we're creating yeah. anything. To, I, uh-huh. This is already out there. So I think that's something that they're going to have to look at, especially yeah. um, especially with, with Tavares, them being 6-0 and without him over the couple of years because his contract is is up, you know, o- over in, in a short period of time. Um, like, are these things coincidence? They're not right. Like, are these things going to have to look at those things? They're, they're, they're going to have to look at those things. So, um, we're going to continue to follow the Leafs. The Leafs just provide so much entertainment for us. They really do. I mean, good, bad, and ugly. Um, in that PM today against St. Louis. So that's going to be a fun afternoon game to watch in that athletic poll. The Leafs were also, the like top five jerseys in the NHL, which is true. Most of the original six teams were on there, you know, Blackhawks, Rangers, Bruins, and um, the Leafs were all on there in, in that poll. So, you know what Jersey I'd love for them to bring back though, like that classic, like I want to say like 2006, like Matt Sundin, Darcy Tucker, that white Jersey with like the blue, shoulder that they had. I don't, I don't like, I disagree. I I like they're all white. I think they're all whites look really good. Best. That was the best jersey. I don't know if Vic, if it's quick enough, he can pull up a picture of it. But oh my god, that was my favorite Leafs jersey. I thought those were so sick. I think of like Mikhail Grabowski doing a three sixty in the shootout, wearing that thing. It was so nasty. Well, look, um, it's actually yeah. look. I know you didn't mean to do this, but I guess you're you're starting to learn how to how to do this whole media thing a little bit because you you just you teased two thousand and six. You you talked about Matt Sundin. So let's take a little let's take a little ride down memory lane, all right? And uh, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins hit hit a big fat home run this weekend. Incredible! Um, they they brought Yager back. They kind of made it the Yager show for a couple of days. You know, this is a team that's had some pretty dreadful results as of late. Their fan base is probably getting a little antsy, getting a little uncomfortable. They bring Yager back. He practices with the team like full practice. Um, Looked like the the practice facility was absolutely packed for this. They they have him come out and they have him take warm ups. They re put his number to the rafters, you know, because he went and played for a bunch of other teams. I think they mm-hmm. they wanted to wait. Um, it, it was so cool to see him and Sidney Crosby, um, you know, yucking it up a little bit in warm ups and in practice and doing drills together. I mean, you're just talking about two generations of, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore types of players and God, Pittsburgh, they, they had, they kind of rocks it. Sid rocked they, that. They, they had Malkin. I mean, excuse me. They had Lemieux and Yager, and then they, they transitioned to Crosby and Malkin. And while I don't think Malkin is in the same league as, as, um, as Yarmir Yager, but those are some pretty incredible duos that they've had over the last couple of years. Did you catch what Chris Letang said to Yager in the practice? I tweeted it at you and tagged you. What did he say? I didn't, I don't think I saw he that. He skated up to Yager and pulled him aside and was like, just wanted you to know, like I wore 68 growing up because of you. And I, I tweeted at you. I was like, this is me and Messier talking. <laughs> like, I'm, Yeah, I'm but the tank. difference is, is Mark Messier thought that I you know. were like, 
some super fan that broke into the bar and like he was wondering <laughs> how did this guy get to to PK Subban's event and with Latang, Yager actually knows who that is. Yeah, so I, know. I don't I know. know if that's quite apples to apples, Johnny, but let me, let me hit you with this question. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think this is a really good question. So this is a guy who second all time in points in the NHL, fourth all time in games played five art Ross, one heart, two cups, one Olympic gold. But do we ever talk about him when we talk about Gretzky and Lemieux and, or, and we don't, right? We should. So the question here is, does Mario just overshadow him so much that is that why we don't talk about him or should he not be mentioned in that? And, and let me just give you one more yeah. thing. He, he went to the KHL for three years uh-huh. and then he came back and he was still a good NHL player. Imagine where he would be on the points list and how many more points in games have he played in the NHL those three years? Yeah, but he also played for 17, I don't know the actual number, different franchises when he came back. He came back and played for Philly, he played for Dallas, played for Florida, played for Ball. I mean, he, he was everywhere. Jersey, played Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, he played, he played for every team in the so fucking league. Let me ask you a question. What? The guy loves hockey and he was good yeah. enough and teams wanted him. What's wrong? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But when you talk about Gretzky, you talk about Lemieux, like they were just consistent with where they played in their entire careers and with winning. Like Yager didn't really win anything after his time in Pittsburgh. He didn't win a cup, right? He didn't win a, he didn't win a single cups after Pittsburgh. No, no, he did not. He won two. His no. two cups would have been in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But so we're talking about Johnny. We're talking about a guy. The only person in the NHL history of this game that has more points than him is Wayne Gretzky. Listen, I, 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 I think we talk about Yager. Mount Rushmore. How, how? It's, not like, it's not like Yager isn't talked about, but because of the way his career ended, he's talked about in a different way because it just, so you think one, it's because of how his career ended. Yeah. I think it became one big joke that he was playing for every fucking team. I, I think it was just like, Oh, which team's Yager going to be on next year? Like it, it just became this constant cycle of Yager playing at like 45 years old for, you know, a different team every year that I don't want to say it like ruined his legacy or anything, but it definitely impacted it. No. I mean, I I don't think it was ever a joke. Um, I think teams traded for him. Teams wanted him. I remember when Boston traded for him at the trade deadline, it was, he was unreal in Philly. They were amazing. They thought that he could come in and get them into, you know, push them through the playoffs and bring veteran leadership and bring winning and help on the power play. And it didn't work out that year. But listen, teams wanted this guy. It's not like they were giving him 750,000 league minimum one year deals. Like he was still getting paid. He was still getting paid a few million dollars. He was still getting two year deals. So I, I think the fact that he played with Lemieux most of his career, or at least the first major chunk of his career. I think he gets overshadowed because again, second all time in points, 1921 points. That is insane. It's insane. Like how many games played? I don't know. Fourth all time in games played. Yeah. Say he's got to be up. I don't don't know what the number is. I just know that he's fourth all time. So I think Yager belongs on the Mount Rushmore. I really do. I think he's as good as, as, as any of those, those goats types of players. Um, what, uh, what he did, how he did it, games. the style he did it with, what'd you say? 1,733 games. It's a lot, man. I mean, yeah. imagine being able to play that many NHL games and, and 
you know, it's funny because the guy still looks like he can get around. He still plays pro in Czech Republic for the team that he wants. And how about this? 208 playoff games, 201 points. That's called a gamer right there. Yeah. That 200 yeah. playoff games is probably equivalent, especially back in the eras that he played in where playoffs was an actual freaking war. That's like equates to like another 400 regular season games, honestly. Maybe mm. more if you go back to the era that he played in. So well, I, I, I want to ask you who your Mount Rushmore is since you mentioned it. I, I don't know. I'd have to think that one through. I mean, obviously Gretzky's on it. Um, I think Lemieux would be on it. I think Yager would be on it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you gave me a, a five person Mount Rushmore, but, but I also like, I think Connor McDavid's the best player in the world, but he still has a ways to go. I think, I think Matthews could, could ultimately end up the, the most goals of all time. He still needs to do it for another 10 years. So that's always the question. And that's why I think a guy like Yager who did it until he was 45 years old. Um, I mean, I just think that like, again, Lemieux didn't do it till, till that age. Um, so I, I just think this guy doesn't quite get the, the, the fandom that he deserves because he was in, in a little bit of um, but I Mario shadow. I think he gets so much love and so much, I, I guess fandom would be the word. Like everyone loves, like he, he's got support. Always, I feel like, you know, well, there was every, always- everywhere he went, he was beloved. And you did say he played on a lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, he played on like 10, 10 NHL teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's honestly um, a shame that he didn't stick around in New York because he was loved here. He was a great person. He was here. loved everywhere. There was nowhere yeah. he didn't love it. I remember after a playoff game, once all the media left in Boston, this is at the end of his career. He's out on the yeah, ice with weighted good. sticks yeah. and weighted shorts. And, and I was a black ace. Um, I guess he finished his career in Calgary. Honestly, yeah, I, forgot that he, I forgot that he even played there. But listen, the guy loves hockey. He's still playing it. Um, I think anybody who who liked hockey in the 90s um, or the 80s or the you know, 2010s the Yolos would, would absolutely love Yarmir Yager. Um, it's a little highlight of him uh, playing. That's his last ever goal in the NHL that he scored. Um, you know, what a... What a great ambassador to, to the game of hockey. Pittsburgh, you don't get a lot of love right now and you don't deserve a lot of love, the, the team, I mean. But um, I got to say, like, that was a great show that they put on for, uh, for, for their fans, for the NHL, and, and giving him that one final lap. So I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, seeing him take a warm-up was, was unreal. That was awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I absolutely loved it. They blew the game. They were up one nothing. They they lost. I mean, Pittsburgh, they they got such a problem. And I mean, they should have signed him and put him on the power play. Like he probably could help their power play. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, they should have done a a PTO or something like that (laughs) and thrown him out there in one game. So um, I know we're running out of time here, Johnny. So I just wanna I just wanna get your reaction on a couple of things before we we say goodbye today a couple of, of other topics that happened over the weekend. Um, let's start with the 2026 NHL all-star game, UBS arena in long Island. Well, in, in, Be- I guess it's in Belmont, right? Belmont, long Island. Long, Island. long Island. No, I know, but I want to, I want to be specific. Um, yeah. My original thought when this, when I saw that was ouch, ouch, Colt, you know, Long Island for, for at least the players will have New York City. I yeah, guess. they'll be in the city. They'll be, they'll the be city. out in the city popping yeah. around, but um, we need to have all-star games in warm weather places. Like, you know, it's 
You're not well, going to get full buy-in from players when you're putting it in Long Island. You're just not. It just, I mean, it's different because it's Toronto, but it just worked in Toronto. Like yeah, that was it's Toronto. Game. Yeah, but I think. And listen, Islanders fans, super passionate. Yeah. Well, you'll never, you'll never accuse an Islanders fan of not being passionate. But you, you got to put it in places where players want to go. You just do. Um, and they did. What a is good so job bad about Long Island? Why does everyone shit on it's Long not, Island? So listen. Much? It's it's Feb, you're you're talking about in these freezing weather months, right? Well, where these Benelli guys, was like put it in Quebec City, and I looked at the weather in Quebec City. It's like oh, negative it's five degrees. In Quebec City, it's yeah. freezing in Quebec City. I look, it's it's the player. You're right. Everything's the players. They're gonna all be in New York City, so at least they're yeah. gonna they're gonna have that. But I just think you're getting you'll get more buy-in and more fun from players if you put it somewhere where guys can golf and guys can be in the sun and and. You know, all your teammates are posting pictures on their Instagrams of you of them being in like Cabo and St. Martin and this and that. So, um, but I figured you were excited because it is going to be in your hometown. I think it's going to be so cool. I mean, yeah, for me, obviously, it's going to be so cool. But I also think, you know, we've talked about it on the show with Thomas Hickey, just like what the Islanders organization has done over the last 10 years. I mean, they were a joke 10 years ago. They couldn't get any free agent. They had, you know, no future for an arena. Are they now still they getting, have, are they getting free agents? Did I miss something? No, but they signed Bo Horvat to an eight year extension. That was somewhat of a big deal. Uh, Barzell signed a long extension, you know, I, how I are think, those working out? I mean, those two are fine. I think they're playing fine. Um, I think Lou's got to go. That's it. Lou's yeah, gotta that, go. That, that's for sure. But even, before the all-star game, he'll find a way to be a wet blanket at the all-star game next year for sure. But even oh. Matt, no, it's two years, two years, 2026, 2026. Yeah. Yeah. I, where is it next year? Did they even announce? Where, where, I don't know where it is next year. I don't year. know where it is next year. Um, Which I found weird that they didn't announce that. Oh, they're not doing it next year because they have the four oh, nations. Oh, the four nations. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. Okay. That'll be cool. Um, That'll be really yeah. cool. But um, but I think I think Long Island will do a great job at at hosting this event. Um, the players will probably spend a lot of their time in New York City, but uh, you'll see like the tailgating and stuff in the parking lot. Like I think it'll be a similar you know, spectacle to kind of what we saw this past weekend um, at MetLife. It's just like, you know, that, that New York feel to it. Right. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, you know, I wonder what players will, will try to, you know, cater that Long Island feel to the events that happen. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited because I haven't had in my lifetime in any sport, there hasn't been an all-star game in this area. So it'll be really cool to have hockey be the first one for me. Johnny, your boy, Mike Grinnell from Spittin' Chicklets gave you a little bump on Twitter. He said he doesn't yeah. hate your idea about uh, having this whole four team NHL stadium weekend be like a little bean pot. So you get a what, little you're scrolling Twitter while I'm talking to you. Oh, you bore me. I, you totally <laughs> bore me. Um, all right. Last thing, right? Yeah. Did you see what Jordan Binnington did? Did you see oh that? God. What a scumbag. Let's show the video here. Jordan Bennington caught a fine $5,000 for that little butt end um, in Evangelista's face as he was coming around the net. And everybody's like, oh, Bennington up to his antics. Bennington, Bennington. He's, dude, he's just a dickhead. I mean, honestly, like, a scumbag move. I kind of laughed. I was like, it's kind of funny because it's not yeah. like he hurt the guy. Um, it's kind of just like a fuck you. And like, again, like, if you're not going to hurt somebody to like be like a little bit of a dirt bag or like try to create a little bit of like shit out on the ice. Like, I don't know. I don't mind it. I, I they find them. I, I, again, I think Bennington can definitely be a clown at times. I think no, nobody can argue that, but that didn't bother me that much. Like to me, that was just like a no different than a face wash or 
something like that. It's I mean, a little different than a face wash, the butt end right to the face. I mean, it wasn't a flat. No, a butt end would be like you, you like jab a guy. That was more like the flat side. He kind of caught him on the Come on the on. flat side of his knob. That, that Come on. It, it was a butt end. So let me ask you this: When you think of what? a butt end, what do you think of? You think of the butt end of a stick, okay, going like that directly I, into a guy's face. This is. I would. This is. I would actually call that. Is that call the penalty? How did the ref not see that? Look. I've got a I've got a stick right behind me here. When I think uh-huh. butt end, I think going like this, butt ending a guy directly in the face. This was like more Bennington going. It was like a he like rode he like rode his paddle a little bit. Again, it was a dirtbag play. Yeah, but I just it didn't bother me. I just was like, ah, oh, fucking Bennington. It, it just I, it was, I didn't think it was, it was egregious. I don't think we need to freak out over it. No, it's not. okay to be, like. Hockey can be like a little bit dirty and a little bit yeah. violent. Like it's okay. I'm not we, saying we there's a to get hurt. Yeah. I'm and not nobody saying got hurt. Suspension. Nobody yeah. got hurt, Johnny. I just thought was, I, if he did that to me, I'd been fucking pissed. I can't believe Evangelista didn't respond. It might have fixed your nose if that happened to you. I have a bad nose. Just a little big. All right, let's end the show. I think that's probably it. You All can right. go spend some time in the mirror having a complex. Cool, cool, cool. Um, no, I'm gonna enjoy. There's a lot of hockey on today. There's uh 10 games throughout the entire day. I'll probably be rotted on the couch for most of the day, honestly, because I feel like shit. Wow, so. 12 31, 1, yeah. 2, 3, 34, 4, 4, 7, 7. So yeah, there's We're a loaded slate. loaded today. Um, but we'll have a great show again tomorrow. We have Frank Dallas, Boston. That'll be a good one. Two teams That's that need to win. They, they Dallas just lost to Edmonton in a big game on ABC. Boston has been sliding lately. Um, they're not. They're not winning games. They're finding ways to lose games. Um, that'll be. That'll. That to me. That's. That's as interesting as of a game that's on that slate. Um, see if Toronto can keep it going. Mm-hmm. Without Dallas uh, plays uh, the Rangers tomorrow, so a tough back to back for them. Um, but yeah, a lot of hockey today. We'll have another loaded show tomorrow. Frank Saravalli will join us like he does every single Tuesday. Um, so we'll have a lot of hockey to talk about with today's games. That's for sure. I know um, our, uh, our Oilers nation, um, friends are, are in Arizona. They took a big Oilers nation trip to Arizona to the Edmonton, Arizona game to see mullet arena. Um, and they, they bring like, I don't know, 50 fans, a hundred fans or whatever. It's like a huge traveling party. So I'm sure they're all jacked up. They're probably already pre-gaming out in Arizona right now. Um, probably not having any fun at all. So, um, <laughs> I don't think there's a DFO live today. I'm pretty sure they're off today, but make sure you like, and subscribe anyway, the DFO YouTube page. We're always live there. We're always live on Twitter. Um, big day of hockey, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody in the chat. Sorry. We didn't get to any questions today. Make sure you clean up your room today. Okay. Why? What's wrong with my room? We don't need to get into it, but clean up your room. (laughs) All right, let's end the show. Thank you, everybody. Thanks to our producer, Vic. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Everyone have a great day. Enjoy the the holiday, the Monday off.